1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to talk about this weekend's contest between the Eagles and Bengals at Lincoln Financial Field at 1 o'clock, and a a game in which the Eagles season hangs in the balance. It is a season on the brink already here in Week 3 a must-win game for your Philadelphia Eagles if they want to go to the playoffs. Teams that start off 0-3 simply do not go to the postseason. Since the league went to its eight-division, 32-team format back in 2002, 80 teams have started 0-3, and under the 12-team playoff system that was in place until last season, just one of those 80 teams made it to the playoffs one of those 80 teams if we go back through those past 18 seasons and identify the 0 three teams that would have made the playoffs under the current 14 team format that's going into this year only one other team the 23 te- 2013 steelers can be added to that list that's according to bill barnwell from espn so starting 0 three means you're not going to the playoffs unless you are you have a struck by lightning type miracle uh, to 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 get you there. So this is a must-win game for the Eagles coming up on Sunday if they want to go to the playoffs. If they start off 0 and 3, they're not going. And then who knows what happens here in 2020 with this football team? Luckily for the Eagles, they get it. They get a they get a, uh, an opponent that is also struggling uh, so far this year in the Cincinnati Bengals. To help me preview this Sunday's game and help us to get an eye on the enemy is Matt Minick, staff writer with SB Nation's Cincy Jungle, and you can follow him on Twitter at Coach Minnick. Nick, Matt, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: It's good to have you, man. And uh, we Eagles fans don't get to see the Bengals all that much, obviously. So uh, especially with a lot of these AFC teams, there haven't been a, a lot of interaction. You know, get to play you guys once every four years, I guess. So uh, it's it's been since 2016. Uh, one of the worst games of the, the Doug Peterson era so far when uh, the Eagles went to Cincinnati and, and you guys pounded us pretty good in Carson Wentz's rookie season. And unfortunately we're kind of in that spot again here as Eagles fans. You know, we're a little uncertain about Carson. All of a sudden we're a little uncertain about Doug. We're a little uncertain about the direction of the team before we jump in. Um, I wanted just wanted to give you a chance to, to plug any podcasts you, you, you've got, I think you do a, a lot of uh, film study and stuff for, for, for Cincy jungle, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, so orange and black insider, uh, is the YouTube station where you can, uh, you can find, uh, all my film breakdowns. So, you know, mostly Bengals stuff, but there's a lot of Burrow in there, and I think uh, a wide audience is interested in in, in Burrow, so oh, yeah. uh, that's a good place to find that.
1: All right, very good. Well, let's let's start off with Joe Burrow because um, you know, well, first uh, the Bengals started off 0 and 2. They lost Week One, 16 to 13 to the Chargers last week. Y'all lost 35 to 30 in a, a high scoring game to the Browns. Um, I think, the, despite and from everything I've read and from the highlights that I've seen from the game on Sunday, that the the film that I've that I've seen. Joe Burrow looks like he's a guy who has a bright future in front of him. I mean, he, he went 37 of 61, 61 pass attempts in the game last week against the Browns Threw for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, PFF noted that he had an average of 2.4 seconds to throw the ball before pressure got to him. So he was under siege for a lot of that game, but the 61 pass attempts second most all time by a rookie in a game behind Chris Wenke, who, unfathomably threw the ball 63 times in a game in his rookie season and Burroughs 37 completions were the most in a game by a rookie. So it's just two games in. I, I know it's, it's still very early, but how do Cincinnati Bengals feel about their young quarterback right now? I mean, it's definitely the, the one
0: positive, you know, it's the, like there's a a lot of uh, a lot of negativity with losing those first two games, the offensive line and the, and the defense have had some major struggles and and you know, not feeling very good about that, but uh, Burrow has has played very well. The one issue, the one thing that is a little bit concerning is he uh, he completed 37 passes and barely threw for over th- uh, 300 yards on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So his yards per completion is is pretty low. And in fact, uh, he has only completed one pass over 20 yards uh, on 12 attempts this year. Uh, that was the 23-yard touchdown pass to CJ Uzama on Thursday night. So that's something that they need to they need to figure out is kind of the timing and and how he's working with these receivers and these deep balls, because you're just, you know, you're not going to be able to to get it done in the NFL without threatening the defense deep.
1: It, is that a factor of the offensive line? I mean, 2.4 seconds to throw that doesn't give you a lot of time to try and stretch the ball down the field, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's getting those balls off really, really quickly, and I mean, he, he's getting all of his balls off quickly. You know, so th- th- with the underneath stuff, if he's just more comfortable, uh, you know, being able to, to catch and throw with those things, and you know, perhaps on the on these deeper balls, uh, you know, just the way the way he's uh, you know has to choke up on it, has to kind of release and, and step into the throw to get it there. Um, you know, it could be that, that he's not. He's not uh, able to, to get quite as much on it as, as he wants to. Uh, I also think there's a, a building rapport with his receivers. Mm-hmm. He has tried a number of shots. I'm not sure how many of the 12, but, but, but a good amount of them were to A.J. Green. Those two do not seem to be quite in sync yet. A.J. Mm-hmm. had a hamstring problem during camp, um, and he's the type of guy that you see these back shoulder throws and the type of vertical balls that the Burrow had a ton of success throwing in college and you think, geez, that's that's who AJ Green is. Um, and and so far we haven't seen it.
1: Well I want to get to AJ Green a little bit more in just a second because I know there's a bunch of there's a couple of stories out nationally wondering about Green's slow start, but kind of just circling back on Bro real quick, what should the Eagles defense be looking for from the Cincinnati offense? Are we are we talking about a short passing game? Are we going to try and keep it between the hashes or do you think do you think this week, three weeks in is maybe the week they can start to push it a little bit?
0: I mean, I think they know they have to push it, you know. So they're definitely going to be taking those shots. They are doing best, you know, despite the pressure. Their, their offense is best when they are in a five-man protection and either either in empty personnel or getting the back out of the backfield. So they like to put a, a lot of guys uh, out there. Cleveland uh, gave them a lot of trouble with uh, stunts and twists in their in their pass rush. In the first week, the interior offensive line didn't look you know that bad. It was, it was a little bit more the, the right tackle Bobby Hart that was getting hurt. But on Thursday night, uh, Hart actually played a little bit better. Uh, and really, the entire interior offensive line struggled. Uh, and a big part of it was with those stunts. That's something that they're, they're going to have to figure out uh, within that, that five-man protection. Obviously, it's basically a man protection. Uh, Now Burrow has complete control of the offense. I mean, he's, he is not, he's a rookie quarterback and he's going to make some mistakes, but um, they, they have given him the power within that offense to, to check plays, to check check protections. His first touchdown, it was a a 23 yard touchdown run uh, against the Chargers and they came out in an empty formation. The uh, Chargers did not put a linebacker in the box. He checked to a quarterback draw and, and ran it in for the touchdown. So, he's able to do those things and you see him checking plays and you see his understanding uh, of how to take advantage of what the defense is, is giving him. So, you know, I don't think you're going to have, yeah, any, any advantage with trying to, uh, you know, confuse and throw him off or, or get him stuck in something being a rookie. Um, But, you know, definitely rushing the passer, keeping him contained and, and, you know, trying to uh, uh, be aware of those quick passes coming out.
1: Well, and Jim Schwartz's defense typically aren't designed on trying to fool people. I mean, he basically wants his edge rushers to go get the guy. The Eagles have spent a ton of money at defensive tackle over these last couple of years with Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave. And in Philadelphia, a lot of conversation. I wrote a piece for Bleeding Green Nation this week about the lack of production from those three guys. They're going to be a $55 million cap hit next year. It's fair to expect them to take over some games every once in a while, and they, they haven't done that. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I think that's a matchup that, that that could be in the Eagles favor, but I've been saying that a lot of weeks about the defensive tackles going up against the interior offensive line of the opponent. And it just doesn't seem to happen uh, from the Eagles' side of the football. So, um, but I I think that 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 is an area to, to watch for on Sunday to see if, uh, if that's an area where the Eagles defense can step up against a what is I think a weak spot for, for Cincinnati, that offensive line missing some starters. I think uh, some guys playing out of position. Um, Is this a line that can protect burrow? I mean, can is, is, is he in danger of getting, you know, getting deluged by sacks on Sunday afternoon?
0: Yes. I mean, yes, he is definitely <laughs> in, in danger. Uh, yeah. That's know. probably, it's probably uh, a stupid question. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, it's a big time issue. Um, Jonah Williams is the, the left tackle. He is a second year player, but he was injured all of last year. The 11th overall pick in 2019. He has looked very, very good. Um, and, and, you know, certainly, and and I I say very, very good. I I guess I more mean that from a potential standpoint. Uh, there's definitely some things he needs to work on, some consistency things, but he basically is a rookie right now. He's, he's, he's played two NFL games. Um, but you can see why he was a top half of the first round draft pick. So that's one guy that can feel pretty good about, uh, their center. Trey Hopkins was the best offensive lineman on the team last year. He, he has struggled so far this year. So, you know, mm-hmm. he needs to kind of get back to, to where he was. Michael Jordan was a rookie last year as well. He's, a, uh, he's the left guard. Looked very good in week one, but like I said, the whole interior line looked bad in week two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that left side could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jordan needs to, needs to keep developing. training needs to get back to where he was. Uh, the left side could be pretty good. The right side is is where they've had difficulty. Uh, brought in Xavier Sewell Filo uh, this offseason at guard. He was injured in the first game. Fred uh, Fred Johnson uh, took over, who was with the Steelers practice squad last year. The Bengals stole him off that at the end of last year. Uh, he came in at, at guard and uh, he had he had some struggles, uh, quite you know quite a few struggles. But he's a guy you know you hope is able to take the next step forward. Uh, and then Bobby Hart uh, is the right tackle. And Eagles fans, if you're, when, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you've been scouting uh, your opponents for years, you're probably familiar with, with Hart from his, his days with the New York Giants. Right. Um, and so he has uh, consistently been a liability at that position.
1: Let's uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, the running game, and Joe Mixon has shown flashes of being a really good runner but uh, has had trouble finding holes so far this season. Is that more a product of Mixon, or is that a product of the offensive line?
0: I think it's a product of the offensive line. I mean, okay. we saw last year they came in. They were trying to be the Rams right away. They didn't have the Rams personnel. <laughs> uh, and it was a bit frustrating to me that you, know, you, you see problems, and like in any, like in any kind of job. You know, when there are problems, when things aren't working, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to make changes on the fly. The Bengals waited until halfway through the year and they were coming back from London and they were on an eight hour plane flight and they had a bye week and then they then they made the changes they needed to. The the last half of last season uh, those last eight games, Joe Mixon had 817 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, and I think it was only about 1,100 for the year. So, I mean, that just shows you last year when they made some changes, they were they were doing a lot better. Uh, mm-hmm. A big part of that was the toss play, uh, generally where, where he's got a polar out in front of him, uh, lets him use his vision uh, for the cutback there. And they made some big, some big plays on that last year. I think a big part of the issue they're having this year is they're – Passing game is really good out of the shotgun. Their running game is better under center, so it's not really meshing up. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know they they definitely have uh, that as an issue there. I mean personnel wise, they you know the right right guard is is a little bit funky uh, with Fred Johnson right now, but they should be better than they were last year because they're returning uh, three other starters and then Jonah Williams mm-hmm. coming in at left tackle. Uh, is definitely an upgrade over what they had at that position last year. So they just kind of got to figure out how to make it not only work with the players they have uh, as, as those pulling plays and, and utilizing guys' speed uh, in in space was good for them last year and good for Mixon, but also marrying that to the pass game in a way that makes sense. Because uh, right now their shotgun running plays uh, have, have not been very effective.
1: There is some talent at wide receiver. You mentioned A.J. Green and, and Burrow have been having trouble getting some kind of uh, chemistry together here so far this season, and they dressed, drafted T. Higgins, and I think the, um, there's a lot of uh, optimism that Higgins could uh, have a breakout game at some point here the next, uh, in the next few weeks. Um, how scared should Eagles fans be of these two wide receivers? Do you feel like both of these guys, either of these two guys, are close to putting together a big performance? I mean, they've
0: gone to A.J. Green quite a a bit, uh, but they're also definitely giving him some rest. So they understand his age, they understand his injury concerns, um, and they're probably going to keep taking deep shots at him because, as I said earlier, they they had in the past. But A.J. Green, a few years ago, was amongst the best in the league, and and he struggled to stay on the field, and now he's in his 30s. so, uh, So there's a big question mark about that. He hasn't he hasn't done AJ things lately is what yeah. I like to term it, you know, and where he was he was always a guy who was going up, out jumping people, uh, making ridiculous catches, just kind of using his body and his length to do that. And we haven't really seen him do that this year. Uh, the guy who is really becoming the number one receiver is Tyler Boyd in the slot. Mm, so right. that's, that's definitely going to be a matchup to watch uh, is, is Boyd in the slot. They're going to try and get the ball to him quite a bit. Uh, Burrow loves going in that direction. We saw it with Justin Jefferson at LSU, mm-hmm. so he's a he's a big time guy for them as well. T Higgins, I believe, had over 60 snaps uh, on Thursday, so you know, he he is getting uh, much more involved and in moving along in a pretty pretty fast clip for a rookie receiver. The other guy to, to watch out for is Mike Thomas, uh, who's been buried on, a, on the on was buried on the Rams depth chart previously. Uh, but seems to have a pretty good rapport with uh with Burrow coming out of camp. And you know, he was he was a guy that was just kind of you know flashing in camp right away. He's got some good speed. And unlike AJ Green, uh John Ross and and T Higgins, uh Thomas played the entire preseason, didn't have any any injuries to worry about. So uh he and he and Boyd and the tight ends being there every day, uh really helped them to to start clicking with Burrow.
1: All right, we'll step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we will flip the field and talk a little bit of uh, Eagles offense against the Bengals defense. And um, we'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy. So let's talk about the Eagles offense going up against the Cincinnati defense. And Matt, the, the Cincinnati defense has, they spent a lot of money this offseason trying to fortify some positions. $74 million been uh, bringing in DJ Reader at defensive tackle, safety Von Bell, linebacker Josh Burns. Uh, but so far here in the first couple of games of the season, uh, it's been a little bit rough with the running game, especially. The Bengals gave up 350 rushing yards so far this year. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, really went wild on them last week. I know Eagles fans have been asking for Doug Peterson to run the ball. I'm a pass first guy. I think most people are pass first guys nowadays. But uh, given how much of an issue Cincinnati has had struggling with the run, if you were the Eagles, how much would you run against them right now?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd come out running. You know, I I don't know if that how well that fits with the with the Eagles strength and what they, what they want to do, but. Um, I'd make them prove that they can stop it after what they, what we've seen in these first couple of weeks. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big-time issue. You, you bring in Josh Bynes. Uh, so Josh Bynes, uh, at linebacker, uh, along with Jermaine Pratt, who was a third-round pick in 2019. And then they drafted three linebackers, actually, this year. Uh, and, and two of those guys, their, their third- and fourth-round pick, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither, have been getting a lot of the third down reps, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of, of the down and distance on it. Um, a lot of the issues, I believe, with the running game are coming down to linebacker fits and tackling. Uh, you're seeing guys not getting the right gaps. Uh, Jesse Bates, who is a very good safety against the pass, uh, struggles uh, tackling mm-hmm. people. And and when he's kind of forced to come down in the alley and, and make a tackle, uh, that, was, that was a bad situation for the Bengals and, and made five-yard runs into, into much longer runs into explosive plays for, for Cleveland last Thursday. So that's, that's a big-time issue. Uh, the defensive line is just a little banged up, and, and we really thought this is going to be a strength for this team heading into the year. You mentioned DJ Reader; They've got Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins, we haven't seen yet this year. Uh, he's, he's got a shoulder th- uh, issue. Uh, it was supposed to not be that bad, but... Now we're, you know, we're still not sure heading in. Matt, we know that three, story in Philadelphia,
1: man. We, it seems as though everybody <laughs> in Philadelphia is a day to day guy and they miss five weeks. So we, we know that pain.
0: Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, Mike Daniels uh, was a guy that they brought in when, uh, when uh, uh, Josh Tupo opted out for them. Uh, he, he wasn't there on Thursday night as well. So, you know, they're coming in with a, uh, an undrafted free agent uh, and a guy they traded for in, in Covington. Uh, playing, you know, those, those two guys, to and so playing uh, quite a few reps last Thursday. Uh, I think radio played pretty well, but, you know, one guy playing re- really well isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to stop the entire running game. So that defensive tackle position is, is, is huge. Uh, and then as we kind of transition with that to, to the pass rush, Gene was a huge part of their interior pass rush. And, and without him, they really struggled trying to get after the quarterback. Uh, they've got Carlos Dunlap, who's the, the franchise leader in sacks. Um, they've got Carl Lawson, who's, who's kind of a, a third-down specialist kind of guy for them, uh, coming off the edge. And uh, Sam Hubbard, who had uh, eight-and-a-half sacks last season for them. And these guys aren't aren't able to get after the quarterback right now.
1: Given how Carson Wentz has started off the year, really disappointing performance here in the first couple of weeks of the season, and some of the fluctuations on the Eagles offensive line, how aggressive do you expect the defense to come out on Sunday afternoon? Do you expect since the defensive line might, might be without Geno Atkins again, that they've had trouble generating pressure? Do you see some more blitzing maybe from Cincinnati this week?
0: Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, one thing they'll, they'll kick uh, Sam Hubbard inside on on passing downs that tends to help with them a little bit. Um, Akeem Davis Gaither is a guy that essentially was, he's a linebacker, but he was kind of a nickel. He was kind of an edge. He did a lot of different things in college. Uh, We send them uh, blitz him a little bit off of the edges. I really think like they need to do it. just like the offense needs to figure out how to complete some deeper passes they really need to figure out how to, how to get after the quarterback. And this could be an opportunity for them because Philadelphia isn't likely going, you know, week to week anyway, you know, maybe yeah. they're game planning it with it, with the way this running defense has been. But um, I think that the chargers with Tyrod Taylor quarterback, we're going to try and run the ball. And, and I think that when you've got uh, a good offensive line and, and Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you're going to try and run the ball. So yeah. uh, if, if the Eagles if that isn't their game plan to to come out and, and try and win on the ground, uh, that gives you an opportunity to, to try and try and fix that pass rush issue.
1: And I think as Eagles fans, we're we're kind of wondering what the game plans are and, and, and what the Eagles offensive identity is anyway, because there's been a lot of reporting in the Philadelphia media this week that Nick that Carson Wentz is really. Trashing a lot of uh, Doug Peterson's plays at the line of scrimmage, he's basically just kind of calling his own game, and so not listening to the coaching staff in in, in some respects. And that's been echoed by a number of people in the NFL front offices that have that have been speaking this week. Um, so I think that makes it a little bit difficult for as Eagles fans for us to know exactly how the offense is going to attack the Cincinnati defense because Carson does check a ton of things at the line based based on what he sees, but that's he's had a lot of success doing that, and this year he's not having a lot of success doing that i guess you probably i don't know how much you've been able to see of carson wentz this year how much tape you've been able to watch but i mean obviously he's been talked a lot about both here locally and nationally what is your take on carson wentz's start to the season so far
0: uh i mean you know looking at him a little bit there there were a couple of interceptions that were just why are you throwing that and then and then some of his some of his struggles were also you know kind of tip ball guy drops off you know all right you got me on that one sort of thing but um, and I, I, definitely think the Bengals should be doing some interesting things with their, with their, um, coverages and kind of trying to bait him, trying to take advantage because it, it does seem like he is playing a little bit loose with the football right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really that's the Bengals had one turnover on Thursday night. Uh, that's interception is the only turnover they've had this year and they got Joe Burrow. You know, they gotta, they gotta create opportunities for him. They gotta put the ball in his hands, create some, some opportunities, um, to get the ball in the, in the hands of your playmaker like that. So, I would I would expect them to, to try and do that to try and create some of those things. Darius Phillips, I, I thought he struggled a little bit against the Browns, but he's the guy who's starting with Trey Wayne's out for the foreseeable future. Phillips played only in 8 games last year because he was injured and uh, playing in only 8 games and and mainly uh, in a you know, in a nickel role or or in a r- relief role at times. He had four picks in eight games last mm. year. Um, he's also a guy that coming out of uh, coming out of Western Michigan in college. Uh, had a ton of uh, return touchdowns, both on interceptions, punt returns, kickoff returns, things like that. So, um, you know, definitely would like to see him out there and you know trying to make some make some plays and, and being aggressive with that.
1: All right, well let's talk about the game here on Sunday. The opening line, I think I think the Eagles and and we've written about it for bleedinggreennation.com are getting far too much respect by the odds makers in this one uh they both the Eagles Eagles opened as like a touchdown favorite it's down to five and a half point favorites but for an Eagles team that has according to DVOA been the worst offense in football and the defense hasn't been a whole lot better I think it's I think that's a lot of points uh to give the Eagles as favorites I think it's going to be a pretty tight game how do you see things playing out on Sunday afternoon
0: I mean, I'm not a gambling guy, but uh, me either. Covered, and I've never gambled on a game in my weeks. life, but I just think <laughs> I think
1: the movement of the lines is interesting, and I I think it's interesting just to kind of see how the rest of the country sees the sees the Eagles and sees this matchup. I disagree with that. I I think it looks like the national media sees these two teams as further apart than I think they are.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think a, a big part of it is going to come down to that O line D line matchup. I I think the uh, Bengals offensive line versus a, a very talented Eagles defensive line is a is a major concern but you know if they can give burrow some protection he's gonna make some plays you know and, and we've seen that now as they're starting to get kind of more comfortable with what he can do and you know fitting things all together they're they're gonna win a couple games this year you know mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm they're not gonna uh i don't expect him to be competing for the uh first overall pick for for the second time in a row or anything like that um uh, not going to be competing for the playoffs either, but they're going to win some games, and, and they're probably going to beat somebody they they shouldn't at some point. Uh, but it really it's about creating those opportunities for Burrow, and because we haven't seen the big plays yet, we haven't seen that that kind of dynamic, transcending ability that that you get sometimes with with some of these uh, young exciting quarterbacks. He's been he's been efficient with what he he's done, but. Until we can kind of spread the field and make some big plays and, and you know, score one play rather than a, rather than a long drive, uh, we're not really seeing that full potential. But once that starts clicking for them, you know, sky's the limit. They're going, to be, uh, you know, they're going to be able to stay in games, and I, I fully expect them to be competitive in this game and, unless the offensive line just can't do anything.
1: Well, and it would take a special performance from the defensive line, one that uh, Eagles fans haven't seen really since going back to last year, with with the exception of the 10-sack game that the Eagles had against the Jets. uh, They really haven't performed up to our our standards, uh, up to our expectations either. So there's some disappointment on the Eagles side of the football there too. I think, you know, it'll be interesting. The Eagles have given – the Eagles gave a, a bad Washington football team a lot of short fields with turnovers in week one. And that's the way I see the Bengals being able to win this game is if Carson continues putting the ball on the ground, tons of fumbles and, and again, uncharacteristically throwing interceptions. He's not an interception guy. And like you said, for this, this year, he's really tried to force the ball quite a bit. So, Uh, It'll be interesting to see how things shake out here coming up on Sunday afternoon. Folks, make sure you are reading cincyjungle.com. That's the SB Nation Bengals site, so you can get all the inside information on the Eagles' opponent this week, and check out Matt Minnick's work there. Catch him on Twitter, at Coach Minnick. Matt, thanks so much for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let me give you my quick thoughts about uh, this game coming up here on Sunday in Philadelphia between the 0-2 Eagles and the 0-2 Bengals. Obviously, uh, the Eagles are not where any of us expected them to be. Injuries have been crushing this team, and they continued to crush this team this week with Jalen Rager, obviously, uh, having to undergo surgery, and looks like he will be out until November at the earliest. And so uh, the Eagles now really just have essentially what they had at the end of last year with Deshaun Jackson and Corey Clement thrown in there. Uh, you've got in John Hightower and I don't know how much of a believer you are in John Hightower. Everybody was praising his, his training camp, but again, playing in the NFL and training camp are two very, very different things as JJ Ortega Whiteside has shown us two straight years. And so uh, we did find out that on Thursday, Alshon Jeffrey returned to practice that's the first time he's practiced since suffering his Liz Frank injury in December last year. He was limited, so I think it's probably a still better chance that he won't play than he will, but uh, maybe things are looking up for him playing in Week 4, although getting him on the field uh, this Sunday in Philly against the Bengals would certainly go a long way to helping uh, mitigate the absence of Jalen Rager, and you, just, you have to just scream into a pillow with regard to all of the injuries, this cascade of injuries that continues to hit this football team. I, no one has an explanation for it. It's, it's completely insane that this team continues to get hit with injuries. Uh, three players did not pra- participate in practice. It looks like the Eagles may not have Fletcher Cox on Sunday. He did not participate in practice along with Jalen Rager and Rudy Ford. Uh, Cox has missed uh, missed uh, practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So that means he's probably unlikely to play on Sunday. So that means you've got the two other big, high-priced free agents, uh, Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave, uh, who will, uh, and Hargrave recently returned from injury. He'll be manning the defensive tackle spot. At some point, that position has to dominate some games and has to dominate some opponents. And this is an opponent that this defensive, these two defensive tackles, even without Fletcher Cox, should should dominate, and that is one of the areas I think that the Eagles really need to win. They need to win on the interior defensive tackles against the the Bengals off interior offensive linemen. They have to get inside push against Joe Joe Burrow because the Bengals certainly are not shy about letting him chuck the rock sixty sixty times a game. And I don't think he's going to throw it again that much uh, this Sunday against the Eagles. But I think they're going to lean on him. I think they're going to lean on him heavily to to move the football down the field and try and find his receivers and so uh the the defensive tackles need to get that interior push on the offensive line and then when you flip it around you know it's really going to come down to Carson Wentz and I I don't I don't know that we get a full stud Carson Wentz performance here I think we get maybe a small incremental bounce back performance from Carson Wentz I I think it's going to take Carson Wentz more than just one week to just snap out of whatever's going on and and here's my Carson Wentz theory and I'm going to give you my pick for this game I think 2017 broke Carson Wentz. I think it broke his mind, because in 2017 you had you had a quarterback who was just playing loose. He was playing, he was playing within the system some, but he was also calling a lot of his own stuff at the line of scrimmage. But he didn't try to force stuff. He was not, you know, he was making plays all over the field. He was consistent week after week, and he was well on his way to winning the NFL MVP award and, and taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl. And yes, I do believe the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl with a, health, with a healthy Carson Wentz that season. He was so locked in, and he's been chasing that season ever since. When he had that season ripped away from him, when he had that Super Bowl run ripped away from him, and then he, 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 was, he spent all of that following offseason doing everything he could to get back on the field and take the 2018 Eagles back to the Super Bowl. He he wanted to be the guy to take the Eagles back to the Super Bowl and win back-to-back Super Bowls, knowing that Nick Foles was still on the team. There was still that dynamic. So many players on that team loved Nick Foles and probably loved Nick Foles more than they loved Carson Wentz for what Nick Foles did, both on the field and off the field. Uh, so I think the Nick Foles dynamic in the locker room messed with Carson Wentz a little bit. The Joe Santalaquido uh, article from, uh, from, from Philly Voice really indicated a lot of the players were not necessarily believing in Carson Wentz's ability to be their franchise quarterback. And then last year he had a lot of ups and downs. He was not a good quarterback at different parts of the season. And we, we blamed a lot of that on the personnel that he had around him. And that was certainly fair. Then he picked it up at the end of the, of last season and took the team on a run, but then got hurt in the first playoff game when, when Jadavion Clowney cheap shot at him. So now you're coming into 2020 and you've got a guy here who, who, missed uh, missed out on the Super Bowl run in 2017, which which really should have been his moment. It really should have been Carson's moment, and it became Nick Foles' moment. And then in 2018, he's still he's trying to battle these injuries. He, he came back too soon from his injuries because that 2017 block was still in his head. He had to get back. He had to lead the team on another playoff run and instead wasn't able to do the job, and Nick Foles came in at the end of the year and went on another playoff run. And then last year, the team is his. The 2019 Eagles are his, but he's still chasing 2017 he's got to get this play this team back to the playoffs and it was a struggle all season long he was bad for different portions of the season but he continued to fight he continued to make plays at the end of the season and get the team back into the playoffs and he's finally back he's finally starting a playoff game for the first time in his career and what happens he gets knocked unconscious and he has he suffers a concussion so this is a guy who's pressing he is, he is desperate to recapture what he lost in 2017. He's desperate to recapture that form, and from everything you're hearing, he's overthinking things. He's, he's not calling the plays that Doug Peterson has assigned for him to call, and that's okay because Carson's a smart guy, and he does a great job reading the defense, and so the Eagles want Carson Wentz to be the, a, a head coach on the field, but at a certain point, too, this coaching staff puts an offensive game plan together and it has to be followed to some degree. So I don't know if Carson Wentz is calling too many plays at the line of scrimmage. If he's, if he's bailing on too many plays, but he is out of whack. And I think it's all mental and it's 100% mental because he seems physically fine. He spent all off season getting physically ready to play. He's much bigger than he's ever been. You wonder if that has something to do with it, his size and all the extra muscle that he added, but he's, 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 He is so desperate to recapture 2017 that I think it has gotten in his mind. I think he has psyched himself out. I think he's putting all the pressure in the world on him. And I'm worried that 2017 just broke his brain. And he is not playing. At the end of last season, I I mentioned this last year. It didn't look for most of the season like Carson Wentz was playing, was having fun playing football. It didn't look like he was playing carefree, loose football. In the last month of the season, when he had the practice squad team and he was just letting it rip, it was almost as if he was saying, We got nothing to lose here. I got nothing to lose. I got nobody to throw to. I got nobody running the ball behind me. The defense is in shambles. I'm just gonna let it rip. And that's when he played his best football. And it doesn't look like that's the case this year. Now, he's pre I mean, that interception to JJ Arthega Whiteside should have never been thrown in. He knew it the second he let the ball go, but he was trying to force it. He's trying to force the action instead of letting the game come to him. And this is when Carson Wentz is at his worst, when he's overthinking things and he's not having fun out there. When he's He just needs to react. He needs to get on the move. He needs to run the football a little bit. He he needs to make some plays happen. Right now, that's not happening. It's a, it's a mental thing with him. He's still chasing 2017, in my opinion. And until he stops doing that, until he just says, you know what? The past is the past. 20, I might never get 2017 back. I might never be that good again i might never get that hot again we might never go on another run like that again i just got to go out and play loose carefree football and have some fun out there until he does that carson wentz is going to be inconsistent he's going to struggle and i that's that's in my opinion what he needs to do he needs to he needs to stop chasing 2017 he needs to get out of his own way and i'm just worried that that year broke him mentally getting injured missing out on that playoff run and being so desperate and so hungry to go on one of his own to go on a playoff run of his own to get his team back to the playoffs that he's putting way too much pressure on himself and and that's what's and that has been his, his biggest downfall. And, you know, listen, frankly, I, I still don't know if he still has... I don't know if he has the players around him to succeed. He doesn't have his other speed guy in Jalen Rager now. Deshaun Jackson has been very quiet these first two weeks. J.J. Arthago Whiteside has been invisible. So, you know, you need Deshaun Jackson, and you're probably going to need Greg Ward to step up. And, you know, they're going to need... They need to do better out of 12 personnel. I saw an article this week. The Eagles have been running a ton of 12 personnel. So far this season... of their offensive plays against the Rams were in two tight end sets, and it was 56.7% against Washington. That's a ton of 12 personnel. The Arizona Cardinals are the second highest users of 12 personnel. They're at just 31%. The Eagles have run 12 personnel this year 68% of the time, and they haven't done it very well since the start of 2019. The offense ranks 21st in yards per play out of 12 personnel, and yet they might have to go back to it. They were very good in 12 personnel in 2018. That's how they—that's how they were able to succeed. It has not been the same since then, and so the Eagles are are short on wide receivers. So you're probably going to see a lot of uh, of Zacherts. You're probably going to see a lot of Dallas Goddard, and they've got to get better at using 12 personnel than they have been over the last couple of years. It's supposed to be a strength of this team, and it hasn't been. So, what does Sunday hold for the Eagles in Philadelphia? I'm asking myself, do I really believe this team can, fo- can fall to 0-3? Yes, they, they absolutely can fall to 0-3. I-, I thought the Eagles were a solid pick here when Jalen Rager was in there. With Jalen Rager out, man, I, I think this has to be a week where if the Eagles win, we see a lot of Deshaun Jackson. This, this has to be a Deshaun Jackson week. This also has to be a Miles Sanders-Boston Scott week. They've got to be able to run the ball to open up the play-action pass that Rich Gangarello wants to do. And I think they need to establish some kind of running game early. Again, I'm not a run-first guy, but this Cincinnati Bengals run defense is so porous and so bad and so awful. It would be negligent not to run a lot of Miles Sanders and Boston Scott out of the backfield it would be negligent not to take advantage of that kind of a weakness and if they're able to do that that can open up the play action game and you can find Deshaun Jackson deep downfield maybe that gives Carson Wentz a little bit of time but again if the offensive line is is a sieve and somehow the 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 Bengals defensive linemen are just flowing through and getting to the quarterback then you got to dump the play action pass you got to maybe do some draw plays you got to you got to get the ball out quick and and hope that that slows down the pass rush. I th- This is a game the Eagles should win. This- the Eagles should win this game. Even as shorthanded as they are, the Eagles are more talented than the Cincinnati Bengals. They are at home. It's why they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I've picked the Eagles the first two weeks of the season, and they've made me look like an idiot each and every time, but I will pick the Eagles once again to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is a, a game none of us are going to feel very happy about at the end of it, um, but I think it's a game the Eagles will end up winning By the score of twenty three to twenty, I think it's going to be close. I think it might take a late field goal or a late touchdown for the Eagles to clinch this thing. I think the Eagles maybe continue to have some turnover problems. Uh, I hope not. I don't. You know, Carson Wentz has not typically, again, not been an interception guy, but he's just not in a good way right now. And so I'm, I'm still concerned about Carson Wentz. I think he'll be a little bit better this week, but I still think it's going to be a bit of a process before we have good Carson Wentz back. Who I do think will return this year at some point all right folks that's going to wrap it up for this edition of eye on the enemy my thanks to matt minnick of cincy jungle once again for joining me to break down this week's opponent the cincinnati Bengals, at lincoln financial field but don't forget folks to pay attention to everything we've got going on at the bleeding green nation podcast feed a cornucopia of eagles podcasts to get you set up for this sunday's game and don't forget to read everything we've got at BleedingGreenNation.com nation.com as well we've got you all caught up on the injury report on all of the stats and all the info you need to be fully ready for this sunday's game against the cincinnati Bengals, and what is probably a make or break game for the philadelphia eagles 2020 season if they if the eagles fall to 0 and three they are not going to the playoffs this year if anybody has postseason aspirations this is a must win game for the philadelphia eagles on sunday afternoon thanks everybody for tuning in i will talk to you next time here on eye on the enemy G.N.